Welcome to Photo Mission Focus, discussing photography. Each episode, we discuss a different photography subject. With my co-host Terry, we try and make some sense of the things we love about photography and some of the things we don't love as much. Come join us. Welcome to this edition of Photo Mission Focus. Terry. Steve. You're, you're way, way, way down there. <laughs> Thanks, COVID. Thanks, Thanks a COVID. lot. She's down the other end of the table. Social distancing as we That's do. It. That's it. So we've, <laughs> we're, we're doing all the right things. So we'll get right into this one. Let's just jump straight in. Yeah, this is a good one. Okay. What we're talking about is learning to see. And it doesn't just mean with your eyes, but it does. But it, it, it kind of does, yes. <laughs> As a photographer, to be a good photographer, you have to learn to see first. Mm. So it's no different when you're a, a newborn. You, you know, the process is you, you have to learn to crawl or, mm-hmm. or sit up and then crawl mm-hmm. and then the crawl progresses to walking mm-hmm. and then running and then you're off, and off into the world. Mm-hmm. Photography is very similar. When we're saying learning to see, everyone goes, well, they're, what are they talking about? Of course I can see. Like if you put your eye up to the viewfinder, you're looking, you're seeing. Jeez. <laughs> oh, you can, yes. But that's not what we're talking about. We're actually talking about being able to see what other people can't see. And it's mm. interesting. I've had this conversation many, many times with when people have looked at some of my street photography and go, I've been there, but I never saw that. <laughs> but when people say that, they're like, where is that? Where is that? It's just Where's... around the corner. Yeah. Like, I never saw that. I never saw that those angles, that, <laughs> yes. the intersecting angles like that. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about you develop a skill mm. to be able to see things as mm-hmm. a fo- as a photograph in everyday life. Mm-hmm. So you're walking around. You talked about earlier. We were talking about something about you were scoping places out. So, yeah. So you yeah. can you can basically pop people into the scene. Yeah. There's no one there. But yeah. I drove past somewhere today actually on the way here from the coast and I saw a dirt road yep. on the side of the road. Duh. And Terry said, that would be a good place to dump a body. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. One of, one, of, one of her old Nikon bodies. <laughs> yes. Oh, I don't think I could throw them away. <laughs> Some of them might need to go go and be buried. I could have a little funeral for you them. You could have a little, little send-off. That would be a bit cute, wouldn't it? We digress. <laughs> we digress. But I did. I saw... I saw an opportunity for that to be a family shoot location. I was like, okay, that that's, you know, the trees are kind of, they're arching away in this yes. really nice way, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. Could be really good for some family photos. And then I took it one step further. I'm like, okay, so if I stood over in those trees and shot through the branches. Yes. You know, so, and that's, and, and I'm assuming that's what we're talking about. It is exactly the, what, we're, yeah. that is exactly what we're talking about. You've hit the nail on the head there, Terry. Yeah. It's about that ability to be able to, as a photographer, see these things without even picking the camera up mm. so that when you do pick the camera up, you actually, you're in like autopilot mode. Exactly, yeah. You're just going, taking the pictures, but you're doing all these other processes. Yeah. And I think it, it's, like I said, it's one of those hard things for new photographers to understand when they see something, they can't always see, mm. they see a photo and they okay, mm. I like the photo, but I don't know how to replicate it or mm. I don't know how that was shot. Yeah. Because they, ha- they can't they can't yet they don't yet have that photography vision. Yeah. And yeah. that develops over time. And I can't and for everyone it's gonna be different. Like I can't say to someone, 
well, don't worry, in three years' time you'll be absolutely looking at everything and you'll be able to, <laughs> you know. I think it all comes down to, for myself, I knew it was was my strength was my ability to be curious. Yes. And I was always curious about not just how to get a great shot. Yes. But how to anticipate that great shot. Where do I need to be to get that? Yes. How do I do it? What do I need to know? So there was a lot of research involved for me to understand what I could see and understand what my language was yes. and my style as a photographer. And I think that that was really important for me to learn. That's right. And look, sometimes you can, in, in that ability to be able to see, you'll know that if you put that couple under that tree, mm. but if you step back and you're shooting with, you'll say 70 to 200 mm -hmm. at 200, mm -hmm. with the depth of field compression and the the arch of the tree, the bokeh <laughs> and the light filtering, the light filtering through. Yeah. That it's going to make a really nice image. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And, but it's kind of knowing that these layers of things that you needed to know yeah. to put it all together. Yeah. And then if I took that skill just one step further and I anticipate what's going to happen in the reception, I can read people's emotions and facial expressions in the hope that I can capture those integral moments while yes. speeches are happening or Annie the, the wiping the tear from yeah, the eye. Yeah, like those kinds of, you know, pivotal moments that yes. people well, just know that they want to cat. At a wedding, there's not just one story. No. So people, you know, think, okay, the main the big the main event Main characters are. The main characters are bride <laughs> and groom. Da da da. Or bride and bride or groom yeah, and groom. Groom, yeah, yep. that's right. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think the there's so many other stories to be captured in mm. a wedding. Because sometimes, yeah, wedding's a good example because quite often weddings, there's two things that bring families together, weddings and funerals. Mm. And unfortunately, funerals tend to be, you know, not the, you're not going to get the kind of best out of people. No. But at, at a wedding, you've got this opportunity where these people have come together and there may, yes. be, there may be years of distance between yeah. when they last saw. Yeah. So they're, they're telling stories, they're, yeah. they're reliving yeah. old times. Yeah. And sometimes being able to see yeah. with your photographer's eyes uh -huh. those things, you, you're exactly right. Mm. You, you actually can anticipate. It's almost, it's almost like having a sixth sense. <laughs> it, it kind of is. <laughs> it, it, it develops. It develops. And look, for, for seasoned photographers who are listening to this, they'll just. It'll make sense. It just makes sense. Yeah. So they'll just understand what we're talking about, this yeah. kind of sixth sense where you just basically. I look. I take a photo and I'll, and I'll look back and go, and I'll question with, how did I know to take it like that? <laughs> I didn't subconsciously think about I'm going to do this. Yeah. But you went and did it. You got in the position. Yeah. You got the angles. You did that. You took uh -huh. the shot, and then you took it and you look back and you're actually like analysing yourself, saying, "Oh, okay. Yeah. I did good. Yeah. And if you were to look back at some of your other work, you may realise that you've actually done that similar. Yes. A similar seen, composition or a similar, you know. It's funny you should say that because going back, I mean, I occasionally will go back and look at old work mm -hmm. and I've got such a huge back catalogue of work, mm -hmm. stuff that's never been seen the light of day. Mm. So sometimes I'll pull something up that I shot six, seven, eight you years ago. You see it completely differently. And I'll see things in that image that I didn't necessarily firstly see, mm. but I did see them mm -hmm. because I captured it. Mm. But it's funny how it's then later on you look at that and you go, oh, yeah, I can see that. Mm. So it's kind of like where people are or what they're doing and that type of stuff. So that's what we're talking about is that, you know, that, yeah, it's mm. just learning to see. And 
And I don't know that we can tell people to go out and practice. There's a couple, there is a couple of techniques that people do use where people go out and actually look at the scene and you frame it up. Some people put their hands in front, so they're mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, cropping, yeah. getting the image. Yeah. Some people I've heard when they've seen something, when they look at it, they look at it and they match it and they click their fingers uh-huh. as if that's the shutter, the shutter press. Yeah, right. Just, just a psychological little yeah. thing. Yeah. So there's little techniques like that where you can probably go out and kind of look at things and mm-hmm. think, if I had my camera, if I was photographing this, mm-hmm. so it can be when you're on the train, you know, you're doing mm-hmm. a commute or something, and you can just see. The other day, I was coming back as a passenger. We're coming back from the Gold Coast, and we're coming over the Gateway Bridge, mm-hmm. and I was looking at the cityscape. And there's unfortunately, like the bridge would be a great shooting platform if it didn't have this big mesh, because you know they had to put this big mesh fence up, mm. and. But I was looking at the the silhouette backdrop because it was sun setting. The buildings on the side that I'm on are, are in shadow. Yeah. And I was looking at it when that every time the panels came past and you've got the fence posts and you've got that split second where the image is actually between the posts. So the post is creating a natural frame. Yeah. And you've got the cityscape. Yeah. And I was just looking at that, going, oh, look at that, look at that, look at that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember doing that several times when I'd, I'd drive to work when I had a particular job and I'd see the same same particular garage and I always liked the way it looked and I'm so glad I stopped and took a photograph one day because it was gone. Yes. Well, it's there but they've put a fence in front of it. Yes, it changes. <laughs> so it changes. It changes the whole, the yeah. whole demeanour of it so you can't basically. Yeah. And, and so like I said, there's so many times learning to see, I mean, I remember, sh- remember shooting a shot and it was a tawny frogmouth, which is an Australian bird, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's a native Australian bird, that has the amazing ability to camouflage itself. Mm. So it looks like a tree trunk. It, really it does. It does. Yeah. Weird-looking bird. <laughs> it's a weird-looking bird. But I just remember, I just remember this day I went out walking with my wife and went down to Sutton's Beach mm-hmm. and there's some whole row of trees and you, as you're walking down to Sutton's, there's all mm. these trees. I've looked up and I've seen this tawny frogmouth, and it just and they, they'll sit there and they close their eyes to make themselves look yeah more stealth yeah. But I've spotted it and I've taken a couple of pictures of it. Like I've had a camera there and I've snapped a few pictures mm. and I just like the way the bird kind of just blends into the tree. Mm. And but my wife's going, "What? What are you doing? <laughs> I'm taking pictures of the bird." She's looking, going, "What bird? What bird?" <laughs> And it's because she's not trained to see it. She's not looking for those yeah. things. I'm looking. I'm looking for things, and then just something like caught my eye. Yeah. And I like the look of it. And it's funny yeah. because I put there's a there's a platform which I haven't posted in a long time, but there was a platform which is still going, which is a website called A minus three, which is an international collaboration of photographers from around the world who submit typically an image every day. Yeah. And they do a spotlight feature where they spotlight. I remember. And that shot of that 25 one day, like I put it up because I just liked it, but it was actually spotlighted around the world. So, like, it was. Wow. So, but like, again, it was one of those things that could have been missed. Yeah. And probably, I reckon, 100 people would walk past that yeah. same tree. Yeah. With the same, I suppose, line of sight that I had. Yeah. But not see it. Yeah. And I'm assuming as well, when you take your street photographs, you have really trained yourself to anticipate those moments and wait for the opportune times for yes. 
So you for look those at, perfect shots. So sometimes you can read a shot. Mm. You can see something happening. I, mean, I took a shot in Florence in Italy mm. and I seen this young couple. I, mm. I, don't, I don't think they were boyfriend girlfriend. They were just a friends mm-hmm. and they were talking and they were kind of picking out their bags. So it was kind of like you knew that they were getting ready to, to move. And I thought I'd just watch this couple for a little bit. Anyway, then... Not so, in a creepy way. No, 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 no. But, <laughs> Sorry. But, I just <laughs> but, but you kind of read all this. I saw all these cues. So that yeah. I knew, knew that they'd been stopped and chatted for a bit mm-hmm. and now they're about to move on. Mm-hmm. And, of course, before they moved on, they embraced, gave each mm-hmm. other a hug. Nice, yeah. And that's the shot I took. But I, I kind of saw them there, mm-hmm. could have just kept walking. But I kind of thought... There could be a there could be a story here. There could be a photo here. Yeah. This couple or this two individuals will probably have some type of interaction before they part, mm. and that's what I was hoping to get. And I got exactly mm. <laughs> exactly what. Yeah. Exactly that. So it's always nice sometimes to better. I can't even tell you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's something that it's something that you just develop over time. You develop that skill to be able to read, like you said, read people. Yeah. Like yeah. you said at, at a wedding reception, you're looking around the room. Yep. You're trying to read the, yeah. the guests and try and work out what might happen and who might uh-huh. where there might be a great shot. Yep. And like I said, you might re- realize someone the grandmother's quite gets quite emotional about mm. things, so she sees a granddaughter and like you know, so you know there's always going to be some great images as the night progresses and the different parts of it roll out that how the how the grandmother might react. So you're kind of ready to pounce. Yeah. And take yeah. some photos. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's I guess it's the same with event photography as well. So when you go to a music venue or yep. you're photographing a conference, you're waiting for those opportune times. And without that knowledge of being able to read the scene and anticipate what's coming next, that's where the skill level is, I think, as well when it comes to hiring a professional and hiring someone who who has got the experience. Who, who can actually, who, who've actually have taken the time to learn to see. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's the value in hiring someone who has done that. Yes, so exactly. I think that's, that's an important part of, of recognising. It is. And yeah. I, I just remember taking this shot. It was at a um, pin-up competition for people who don't know what pin-ups are. Pin-ups are typically, it's kind of 50 styles, 50 style mm. glamour. Mm-hmm. So 50 style fashion. Mm-hmm. And the glamour, the big hair. The rockabilly kind of. The rockabilly, yeah. you know, all that type of jazz. And I can remember I was involved with an event anyway that part of it was there was a pin-up girl competition. Yeah. So I think there was eight finalists I'd got down to. So they're up on stage. So I'm shooting. So I'm ready. They're about to announce the, the winner. Yeah. So you're kind of panning backwards. <laughs> Hoping that you land on the right girl when they announce the winner. <laughs> well, you, you want to try and get that initial... Reaction. Mm. So mm. when when that person's name's called, you know they're they're kind of me. Yeah, did yeah. I, did I win? Type of thing. <laughs> and I remember this shot I took of of this one, and I just I don't ask me why, but I, I had the seventy two hundred on. I was probably in fairly tight, so I'm kind of like mm. you know going backwards and forwards. Anyway, I just happened to be. You on, land on the right one. On the right person, it's like <laughs> where the, the chocolate wheel spins around. <laughs> <laughs> and you land on, you know, the golden ticket order. Yes. <laughs> $1,000. <laughs> so it's just interesting. Now, I've always, and I, but I've taken a lot of shots like that. Mm. And, and I've always kind of thought to myself, 
how did I know? How did mm. I know to be there at that time? And I believe it's about it's about that learning to see mm. that somehow you do develop the sense to be able to see things. Sometimes I think almost kind of before they happen. Yeah, you know what I mean. Which is a lot of street photography. What you were talking, alluding to before, yeah. is trying to anticipate. Yeah. I mean, the other thing too. I mean, if you probably really drill into the the psychology behind it, is that we, we as like humans, we we interact in a particular way with each other. Mm-hmm. So there is a set kind of pattern of behaviour. It's learning the body language. It's learning body language. Yeah. I, I know look, a, lot of, a lot of wildlife photographers take a lot of time to study mm. the particular animal they're photographing mm. to understand its habits, mm-hmm. to be able to anticipate what that animal is going to do or mm. if the animal gets spooked, which way it's going to move so you can be in a position to get that, you know, that fleeing animal to get the yeah. shot or the action shot or whatever. So, so people do study that type of behaviour, yeah. particularly like with the, you know, shark behaviour. So people who jump in the water with sharks think, these people are crazy. But, <laughs> yeah, but like... they've actually, but they've actually, they've actually studied the, they actually know the science. Mm. And I mean, and I do think some, that's some of it, but some mm. of it they do, they've developed a kind of, I suppose, a, the sixth sense to be able to to see what's happening around them. Yeah, I used to love people watching in the city. Like it was one of my favourite things to do on the weekends, go sit in a cafe and just, just watch people. Just watch people interact. And, yeah. I th- and I think from all that people watching, you actually learn so much, Yeah, and which I, actually helps you as a photographer. Yeah, but I have to say people interact very differently to how they did 10 years ago and even 20 years ago with the introduction of mobile phones yes. oh, and the, technology. We don't interact nearly as much as we used to. No. So you, you do definitely see that. That cultural shift with mm. the interaction of people, particularly in a in a restaurant yeah. scenario, whereas a lot of people would be sitting in a restaurant and they'd be you know gazing into each other's eyes. Now they're just gazing, gazing into each gazing other's eyes. So I wonder if that means there's going to be a change in the way people anticipate taking photographs. Like, is there going to be a real shift in a documentary style for that reason because the younger generation have a different interpretation of body language? It could be. I mean, look, I think, look, it's evolving where you're trying to, I suppose, you know, it's a street photography, you're, you're trying to always understand what's going on. Mm. And it's been... You it's, would have really noticed a shift in it as well. It's been, it's been quite challenging yeah. in the last 12 months with, with the change of just the lack of people. Yeah. And, and but people's behaviour is different. Yeah. So there's not... People aren't having that you know, casual kind of hug or... No, my first wedding back after COVID, I was capturing uh, elbow bumps. Yes. Not hugs. Yes. Which... which hilarious. Which, which is bizarre. And to me, it was like, you know, that's just what happened on that day. That And that's the thing about photography. Photography's always been about capturing a moment in time. Mm. And it and it's like the war pictures, like when you saw incredible war pictures, that captured people at a particular point of time reacting mm. to a particular set of circumstances. It made me think of that photograph of the um, the men putting their heads out the windows of the boat to kiss their partners goodbye. Yes. Yeah. And they're <laughs> sailing off into the to go to It was beautiful, yeah. So I think, like, you know, so we've always we've always adapted to stuff, but it's being able to, I suppose, understand and see those changes mm. because it's kind of like you can't just – once you learn to see photography, you can't – Unsee it. Well, but it's not like it's, okay, this is it now. That's how it's going to be. Mm. It's totally, it's always evolving. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you said with the, you know, with the, the elbow bumps and stuff yeah. like that. Like it's. I take photo, photos of people doing selfies now because 
to me, it's incredibly interesting. Yes. And I'm still getting this incredible photograph of people together enjoying a moment. Yes. And it, to well, me, it, it's, an, it's, it's a, great. It, it's a human interaction and it doesn't exactly. matter. It doesn't matter whether that selfie is, is that just that one person taking a selfie mm-hmm. or it's a you know, group of people taking a selfie. That is an interaction mm. and that's what you do as a photographer. You capture those interactions and that's the modern, it's just a mod, It's a phenomenon. Mm. It's, it's just something that happens in society. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and I think that's where you're always going to be kind of, yeah, you're always on the, I suppose. On the hunt. On the hunt. You're always retraining. I think you're kind of, yeah, you, your brain's totally retraining. But I think once you do develop that ability to see as a photographer, it becomes organic. Like mm. you, it just, you adapt. Mm. You know, do you think that's Yeah, absolutely right? agree with you. Yeah. You, I, don't, you don't consciously go and go, oh, well, people are doing different things at weddings now, so I really have to do think about all these different things you don't you kind of just no you just you, as you say you just adapt you become resilient in your in your field and i think that's the only way to remain relevant is to to keep learning keep adapting yes keep watching yes you know there's so many things that we can do so that we still have jobs yeah well <laughs> exactly well exactly and i think Lucas said that you know that learning to see is when you break it down it is about understanding the environment mm. being able to actually read read people, mm-hmm. like I said, so all those years of sitting in cafes, look, people watching mm. have done you well, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not just a weirdo. Your certificate's in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess as well that, you know, if if you want to learn more about reading a scene, look at some of your favourite photographs yes. in whatever field that you're in that you love, someone you aspire to be like, and what is it that you can see in that image that makes that great? Yeah. And, and try and work out what, what is it? What was it that drew the, the photographer to take that image? Mm. What was the what was the motivation behind that shot? Mm-hmm. Try and kind of mm. dig into it and think about. Okay, so there's a pretty girl sitting in the corner. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Like you it, wanted her phone number. Yeah. You, <laughs> if I zoom in, I see my three thousand megapixel <laughs> camera. Be able maybe to see her phone. I might be able to see her number. <laughs> no, but I mean, there's kind of things that. You know, there's elements that someone has seen in a picture. Mm. I took some, I do a lot of Instagram stories and I'm always shooting off random stuff. And mm. and one of my things that I do and people who regularly follow me on Instagram will know that I take a lot of mannequin shots. Yeah, I you take, do actually. I take yeah. lots and lots and lots of mannequins. So I see a mannequin in the window and I just want to photograph it because I, <laughs> I like It's so interesting. It, I agree with you. It it's is. so because, interesting. Well, the thing about it is people go, oh, it's just a mannequin. But, but someone's actually... Someone put that there. Someone's put it there. Someone's, they dressed it. Someone styled it. <laughs> they might have put a you know, wig on it even. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, they've lit it. There's some lights. Yeah. There's like they've, they've positioned the, the where the hands are. Mm. They've, they've sometimes like, you know, the stance where they're leaning mm. forward, leaning back, whatever. Mm. I love those shots because I, I just see uh, – there's something I always see something in it. Mm. And sometimes what I'll do is I'll take the shot. And I'll have that initial thing, but then I'll go back and look at it, and then I'll see something else in it again. And I'll and I like the second thing that I see more mm. than the first thing. It was really crazy. Okay. Yeah. I didn't see that first, but I really love this element. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing that's like yeah. it is that, you know, today we've been talking about learning to see in photography. And like I said, it's such a such a skill, I think. And like I said, people develop it. And like mm. I said, unfortunately I don't have the answer how you if you if you're struggling in that area, how you actually do it, other than suggest maybe go out and do do a whole lot of 
people watching will like <laughs> I mean, I like your suggestion of whatever field of photography you're in, mm. look at a lot of images from that from that um, yeah. field of photography. You know, yeah. if it's fashion, have a look at a lot of the model poses, mm. the, the, the setups, the backgrounds, because sometimes it's a whole element of things. I mean, you can sometimes have a fashion model that, that's absolutely stunning, yeah. But if, but if the background doesn't work. Yeah. It, it doesn't work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And sometimes you can have a stunning background and you put a model there and it still doesn't work. Yeah. It just needs, you know, it's just sometimes some things don't see. Yeah. But you've got to be able to see that. Yeah, exactly. You know, to work out, no, this isn't working. Yeah. I can look at the back of the camera. And I mean, people used to, I mean, photographers are old, I don't know if you remember, and it probably was around when you were starting doing your glamour shots mm. studio style. Yeah. Was that people would take a Polaroid shot. Yeah. Yeah. As a kind of a test shot. Yeah. Yeah. I remember doing that at university too. Yeah. yeah we but, did. So you would kind of take, they'd snap off a Polaroid. To see if the lighting was okay. Yeah. Or, just yeah, just to see, it to see how the lighting was yeah. falling. To yeah. See how the camera is going to render that. Mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And although like, okay, it's not the same camera that you're shooting the main shot with, but mm. it, it, you can, you could learn so much. I mean, yeah. today we've got live view. Mm. So we're looking at it and, and I mean, one of the things I like about the, the new kind of electronic viewfinders and the mirrorless systems are, as soon as you're dialing up. We can see what the exposure is going to be. It's insane. Well, you can see the exposure. You can see the effect of yeah. You can see the effect of the of the aperture. Uh-huh. You can see all these things in the image, Yeah. which is fantastic. So yeah. it's, it's, it's a great tool and really, I think, really, really helpful. Yeah. So I hope you could understand what we're talking about. <laughs> we did kind <laughs> hope, of segue a little bit. but I hope, hope we didn't get – well, look, I said it's just something – it was just something I'd thought about for a long, long time about this ability to see stuff yeah. that other people don't see. So Yeah, great topic. As, as always. And look, we love your feedback. We mm. really, really do. So Terry, I love to hear, I hear it, you know, your comments, your suggestions. Yes. That type of stuff. So and if you haven't also subscribed, like the best way to, to, to get this podcast is actually on your favourite platform is subscribe and you always get it. Because, I mean, Focus comes out every week on Thursday mm-hmm. in Australia. So you'll never miss it if you kind of just jump on board and subscribe. Hit the yeah. subscribe button. Yeah. All right. Share the love around. <laughs> and if you've got a if you've got a friend, don't forget. Share it with t- them. As tell well. tell a friend about our podcast <laughs> yes. as well. Terry. Until next time. Chat to you soon. See, See ya. ya. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this edition of Photo Mission Focus discussing photography. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did so, leave us a comment. Or if you have a suggestion for a future show, drop that in the comments as well. And just remember, the next photo you take could be your best yet. Thanks for listening.